0: Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro-movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming and we have Kara Drescher as our very special guest today. And I, we had a whole long conversation before I hit record about how to say your name and the 30 ways that people say it wrong. (laughs) So I think it's Kara, right? Yes, you got it. Amazing. So Kara, tell us who you are and uh, what do you do?
1: Well, hello. I am Kara Drescher. Um, I am an infertility coach. And uh, what that means, at least for me, is that I help women who are going through or who have previously gone through infertility, basically navigate and heal from all of the different traumas that come along with infertility, Mm. including the things I specialize in the most, emotional, physical, and spiritual traumas. Those are the things I see most often. That's what I went through when I went through infertility. So I help women navigate that because it's craziness. And yeah. I also help women who are pregnant or in the postpartum period after infertility. Um, I love what I do. I, like I mentioned, I went through infertility myself and these were three areas I struggled with and struggled to find support. And so that in a nutshell is me and what I do.
0: I, I love the thing that's come, that comes to me when I hear someone who is struggling, who struggled Mm
1: -hmm. and is
0: now telling me about how they help people in their journey. Like, that's just my favorite thing. Um, and because it's uh, my, my very new slogan, literally the first time I'm saying this, I think on my (laughs) podcast, I'm like, I think, um, (laughs) Because you and I were talking before we hit record about how we could talk all day long. And I do talk all day long. And I don't remember who I say what to what or to who. I'm with you there. You're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. So my new slogan is live, learn, teach, because we talk about live and learn all the time. And, but the, the people that, that teach afterwards help other people not have to live and learn. Yes. So exactly. that's my new slogan. I'm going to create a banner on Facebook for it. <laughs> oh, please
1: do. I love it. I think that's awesome. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, that's, and that's pretty much exactly why I do what I do because I had to live and learn and it was crazy and stressful and overwhelming. And I don't want anyone else to go through that having to search for all the support and things. Cause we all know all this, I call it reproductive nonsense. I mean, Mm. I call it a a little bit more profane than that, but we'll keep it repeating (laughs) here and (laughs) say nonsense. And I, you know, I I know how hard it is to find the support for whichever crazy part of your journey you're going through. So that's exactly why I do it.
0: Yeah. And that's why I'm the mom support coach because, and I know I said this on my last podcast, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) but I was
1: repeat yourself. (laughs) What's that good? We all do it. I said, we all repeat (laughs) ourselves. Come on now. You I I 75, 75 times a day the same thing so
0: yeah we have new (laughs) we have new listeners every time speaking Mm -hmm. that into into the universe uh have new listeners on our podcast every single time I got really excited when I saw the number went up by two people I was like I have two new listeners. I'm so excited (laughs) can I
1: tell you I know exactly how that feels 100% even one and I'm like time to throw a party where's the confetti let's yeah. go. This is incredible. I totally. So congratulations. We'll give you some. Thank applause. you. And, and that's awesome. And Thank
0: what you. we talked about on my last podcast, uh, also was celebrating things, um, and celebrating, you know, what we've, what we're doing. So I'm celebrating. And yeah. if your friend would celebrate you for one person listening to your podcast, celebrate yourself for list for one per, new person celebrating your, podcast, for sure. listening uh, to your yeah. podcast. Absolutely. But the time that I was, um, the most that I, I was happiest in my life is when I've had support. And, um and the time that I was most depressed as a mom was when I didn't have support. And so every mom needs support. So that's why I'm the mom support coach.
1: I love it. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And I was I thinking love, about yeah. that, that I don't really see that often. You know, you see mom coach, you see, you know, parenting coach and all these great things. They're not, not great. But just that word support in there, it it takes it to a different direction, a different level. And it's just like, oh, yes, the support. Hello, we need it, like you just said.
0: Absolutely. And when I was thinking about, you know, should I call myself the mom support coach? I reached out to a lot of moms and they were all, a lot of them that I talked to were like older moms whose kids were out of the house at this point. They're like, if I had seen a mom support coach when I was a mom of kids in the house, like I would have run to you and I'm like, sure. that's what I want. Yeah. Love that. That's awesome. So you can <laughs> <work laughs> help a lot of people. And I, cause while you were talking, uh, I was thinking about this person and this person and this person who are struggling with fertility
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's the stigma about infertility i think mm-hmm. like it's not something that i struggled with for a long time mm-hmm. it, i when i decided i wanted to get pregnant it was about a year and a half and okay. until i did and that was torture oh, 100% yeah. torture because oh, i'm right. so impatient <laughs> Oh, wow. We really do get along. Cause that's that's what
1: I'm known for is being impatient.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that you're my new best friend.
1: Oh Uh, my God. Totally. (laughs) We are so aligned. Oh my goodness. I love hearing that. I do because it's a real thing being that impatient.
0: I get it. Especially when it's something that is that you think, okay, your whole life, correct me if I'm wrong, your whole life, you're told from the moment, like 12 years old on, be careful, don't have sex because you're going to get pregnant. Like the minute that you turn 12, you start hearing that. <laughs> the, yes. more, the minute you start your period or whenever you start, like you could be hearing it when you're four. I don't know. I didn't yes. that.
1: But, I mean, you're, you're but- so right. Yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I just, it's funny. I was going like this with my hands, like, Oh my gosh, because I literally, I just wrote a chapter in a book about infertility success stories. Mm-hmm. And in my chapters telling my story and I have an entire like paragraph or sentence or something that specifically says you are told your whole life. It is so easy to get pregnant. Be careful, be careful, be careful. And nobody tells you the other side yeah. that it can be the exact opposite. Yeah, extremely difficult or impossible to get pregnant so you're not even yeah. prepared when you struggle you've no idea because no one ever prepares you
0: yeah. at all I I Sorry. had I had some no you're good I had someone um say to me the husband of of someone who's going through infertility um say like he's frustrated too because he wants a child mm-hmm. and he's like so just you know I could have been irresponsible in my younger uh years and I could have a child already and you know I'm ho- I'm hoping I didn't haven't asked him but I'm hoping he's not saying this to his wife but <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know gosh, you know assuming that you that? can you imagine <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming he's not saying that to his wife I but know. I'm a safe space so he could say that to me and right 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 I get it like I get mm-hmm. I get the frustration Of, you know, when you're in that time period and I want to, I want a baby, I want to pass on my genes. I want this, that, and the other thing, whatever your reason for wanting to be a parent is, is your reason and it's valid and by all means do it, you know, but like you're in that situation and you're frustrated.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, and that frustration is so real. And that's always, at least something I find in the infertility community is that people- don't think about, like you just said, you know, you, you went through an experience where you were trying to conceive and it wasn't happening. And even a very short period of time, think about just three months, right? So if you got pregnant very quickly, right, you were still frustrated for those three months and it was driving mm-hmm. you nuts. Mm-hmm. So what I often hear from women in the infertility community is how their friends don't understand because the the, the difference there is that with infertility, it lasts longer but people forget that frustration. They forget that anxiety and overwhelm is like, oh, is it ever gonna happen? And I get it, even after a couple months, it can feel like, is it ever going to happen? So it's always just interesting because I feel like if you are a mom, right? and you Or you are in that, I wanna be a mom soon kind of thing, whether you're going through infertility or not, if it doesn't happen on the first try, it becomes frustrating very quickly. And it's interesting to sort of see the difference with people who haven't gone through infertility. They forget that frustration. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of the yeah. time you do forget, which is normal. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of stuff in life that even if it's intense, we forget when we're not currently going through it. Yeah. But when you're going through infertility and it's just like month after month or year after year of this, like is it ever going to happen? And then it becomes dark. And I have to chuckle when I say dark, because that darkness is like, and I know, I know, because I went through three years and 14 fertility treatments. It gets dark, it gets hard, you know, and that's kind of, at least how I find like this whole experience. It's, it's just this emotionally bizarre experience for men too. And that's mm. the thing, like you mentioned your friend and, and immediately in my mind, I was like, yeah, because it affects men too. They want to have a baby too. Sometimes, I mean, there's just so many things, you know, that go on in this situation and it's, whew, it's a tough one. It yeah. really
0: is. It really, really is. And another way that you and I are aligned. So one of the way, the reasons I was gonna, I was thinking, well, this is why I was, a, it became a surrogate because I took,
1: it well, took a, a year surrogate. and a half oh yeah. so, oh, my gosh. oh, we have so much to talk about That's oh yeah incredible. we need to have another we
0: need to have a non-recorded phone call I
1: mean I could just I could feel the tears in my eyes because that is such a gift to give to someone or people I mean just oh, anyway I don't want to interrupt you I just yeah. that's so powerful to me I'm gonna hold my tears back I'm a very emotional person dry them up Cara. put them back in it's okay all right your turn sorry about
0: that no you're good when um I, I was going to say when, when I decided to be a surrogate, it was because I took a year and a half to get pregnant. And I understand the pain, but I, that is in part true, but I was ready to be a surrogate before I'd even tried to be a mom. So I can't Isn't say a hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> the whole reason when wow. I was 17 years old, I told my friend, uh, I'll have a baby for you because I want to experience being pregnant, but I don't want to be a mom. This was my 17 year old break. <laughs>
1: Wow. Amazing. Right. Oh my gosh. And
0: she wanted to ha- be a mom, but she didn't want to go through childbirth and like, perfect match. Here we go. It was totally, <laughs> I mean, we ended up having our own children, but, um, I tell that story a lot. Like I was 17 years old. And then when I was 26 or 27, I met a surrogate and I was like, please tell me everything. I must <laughs> know the details. The <laughs> How do you do it? What's it about? Please. What do you paid? <laughs> you know, like all those things like, oh. <laughs> That's
1: but but I get it. I mean, I get it because it's it's something that's clearly part of your soul. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, we all have stuff that, you know, is or are part of us that maybe not everybody can relate to, but you when you feel something that strongly and you, you know, find that person to tell you about it, connect, learn about it, it's intense. And then yeah. look, I mean, gosh, that's so incredible.
0: I mean, it just I is. Think- what everybody is witnessing on this, listening to this podcast right now is that they are witnessing the birth of whatever you and I are creating next because mm-hmm. there's something that you and I are going to be creating. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I think so. so I'm just spoiler for alert. There's just keep an eye out for Alicia yeah. and hint, hint,
1: hint. <laughs> keep Keep staying tuned. Keep yeah, your eyes open coming. for it's sure. Coming. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited because that's yeah. just, like I said, it is a gift that is so... It's a unique gift for so many reasons, not just because of what it is, you know what I mean, but to be able to do that for someone, especially someone who is struggling and going through this, ah, mind-boggling. I call it—I think I call it a lot of things: roller coaster yeah. journey, craziness, bonkers, anything. Yeah. To be able to not just have someone want to do that for you, be able to do that for you, and to just know that that someone wants to do that is so powerful gosh in my mind I'm like to be a surrogate I mean I hated being pregnant I worked so hard to get Mm -hmm. pregnant and I don't ever want to do it again for the rest of my life or in my afterlife no thank you yeah (laughs) but I also I had multiples and I had complications but knowing that there are people who love the journey and who are just so willing to do that for someone how incredible I'm just gonna sit here and praise you praise you praise
0: you it's I'll take a little bit of it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spook it up. Um, the crazy thing is this is this was my fourth journey. Uh mm-hmm. five babies, four journeys. Um and I during the fourth journey, I I had a love hate relationship with it um because it was twins. Uh, and and how that goes. <laughs> so you had multiples, So you know. <laughs> I sure um, do, <laughs> and we decided as a family that I was that I was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably do it again. I'm 40, and they kind of stop picking you. Parents stop picking you around 42. Yeah, I could do it again, and uh, but we decided we decided as a family that I was not. And one of my friends that I recruited using air quotes into surrogacy. <laughs> Um, she, she's about to, I think this week is her, is her transfer. And I'm like, I'm so jealous. I, want to <laughs> I, get, I get
1: that though. I so do. And I'm like, what is wrong with being <laughs> Because it's something you love so much and you get so much out of it. Yeah. I mean, how powerful, like I said, I mean, it's a gift to, to it's not just a gift to, be able to do that but to want to so deeply that you can feel that for someone else who is about to have their transfer and you're like oh I mean god man I'm so excited right now my face hurts from smiling (laughs) because I mean I I just think that's so magical that's like my favorite word lately but it is it's magical it really is
0: oh my god alignment because like I (laughs) was So yeah. I love oh that word.
1: So much. It is. That's, that's, that's like my 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 I want to say catchphrase, but it's a word. It's not a phrase. But I use it so much lately because there's so much that I see in this world that we are talking about. And and for me, it encompasses all of the reproductive stuff. Yeah. The infertility, pregnancy, the postpartum period, and everything in between, like sir, you see, like the, the other struggles complete all this stuff. And there's so much about it that is magical. Yes, there's a lot that's dark in every corner of all of it. Not just the infertility. Don't get me. I mean, I I know because I had a sucky pregnancy and I had a sucky postpartum period, Mm. but there's so much magic in it too, in different ways when you look at all of it, you know what I mean? And And this is one of those things, magic.
0: It's all about what do you want to t- There's two sides to every coin. What do you want to focus on? Yep. And, and it's hard. I know it's hard when you want that baby so bad, like, mm-hmm. and, and I, I downplay my year and a half a lot because of the people that I've talked to that like 10 years or more that they're waiting to be a mom. And <clears throat> And the the ups and downs and the all arounds in that time. That I and I totally lost where I was going with that sentence. But
1: <laughs> well, because I, I I think I think the point you're making and 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 correct me if I'm wrong because I do hear this a lot and this is something I'm always working on with people is almost almost a guilt factor where you feel almost like I struggled but this person struggled for so much longer so. I, I shouldn't feel bad. I shouldn't feel bad because my journey wasn't as long as them or as difficult or as, you know, all that stuff. I hear that so often. And it's so hard to remember that, like, no, you have the right to feel frustrated or upset or disappointed or whatever, no matter how long or short or complicated or uncomplicated your journey was. Like, I think about like my best friend, she didn't go through infertility. She didn't really struggle to get pregnant. She had two very easy vaginal deliveries with no pain medication, you know, and and hers were quick. Babies were like, I'm done. Let's go. And it was like, wait, what? You just got here kind of thing. But, (laughs) but not my experience, but hey, good for you. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you're still a person. Yeah. You're still a person. And we all have these things and it's all relative. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. It's all about. It's, it's, oh, it's just this thing I always have to remind people, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. You don't have to feel guilty because you had success quicker than somebody else. You don't have to feel badly that your journey wasn't as hard as someone else's. While on the other side, for the people who do have the longer, more complicated journeys, I always tell them it's okay to feel angry that these other people had a shorter, quicker journey. You're not telling them you're a jerk because you got pregnant quickly. Telling yourself they're a jerk because they got pregnant quickly and it's all okay because we're all human. We all have emotions. If we didn't, if we don't allow ourselves to feel all of those things, how can we possibly survive?
0: Yeah, Because then
1: it's just lying about how you're feeling and emotions are part of what makes us human beings. Thank you. I said my piece.
0: I (laughs) know. And, and that's not where I'm going. I was going with it, (laughs) but, but I, I love that you went there. And I'm gonna circle back to it because um I remembered what I was gonna say. The thing that oh, got through it was that my husband at the at the time sat down with me because I was making it drama. <laughs> <good at> <laughs> and he know. said he said, We're happy without a baby. Mm-hmm. We'll be happy with the baby. So let's just be happy and relax. Right. And if it happens. Great. And if it doesn't, great. And that was what got me to put it out of my mind. Yeah. Um, but to circle back to what you just said, I literally was my friend back when you had to sign into Facebook on computers and you didn't have it on your phone.
1: Back in the olden days. I remember those days. Yes, I do. Oh.
0: <laughs> the funny thing about that is that I forgot about it when, <laughs> but it was because I was telling this story that I was like, we had to use, we used to have to log into Facebook on our computers. There was a
1: time we didn't have cell phones. There was a time we didn't have computers. I laugh about that all the time because I'm like, how old am I? What? I don't remember not having a phone. It hasn't been that
0: most of my life. I didn't have a phone. So what? Yeah. so <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, yes. So my sister had logged into her Facebook on my phone, on my computer.
1: Yeah.
0: And didn't log out when she was done. And so I thought it was my Facebook oh, no. when I went to check it. And there was a friend of hers that was like, oh my gosh, I'm eight weeks pregnant. Look, I think I'm showing. And I was like, un- deleted, unfriend, <laughs> you're out. I don't know who you are, but you're gone.
1: I don't know why you're yeah. here but no.
0: <laughs> Cuz I had a lot of friends, you know, back when the f- old
1: back I know. When Farmville was a thing. Oh gosh, I remember that. That was a long time ago. Oh man. Oh, I that's so funny. Friends, random people so that they could be my friends on Farmville.
0: Oh my god, I could cry right yeah. now like that's
1: so I laugh, I'm yeah. laughing so hard because I, rem- I never played that game. But I remember getting all these requests from people and I'd be like, what is this thing? Is this, is this a new, what's an app? Is it a new app? Is it a game? How do you play a game on a computer? How does this work? I don't know what that means. Is it a website? Are websites different than apps? I mean, I, here I am ma- making myself sound like I'm 96, but I mean, I'm not that much younger. I'm, I'm 42, so, you know, but still, yeah. you know, yeah. we feel old when we say these things because it's like, what is this planet that we're on? so advanced I feel like we're in 3023 not 2023 right don't say that
0: because I'm scared to see what the world is like then I don't my mom had created like four or five different profiles so that she (laughs) could advance herself in (laughs) (laughs) some of those profiles still exist I know they do because I know she doesn't know how to delete them so I know those profiles still exist
1: Hey, mom, look what I found. <laughs> you want to mm-hmm. play Farmville again?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if Farmville still exists. I don't I, either.
1: I, I said I, it and I thought in my mind, I might have to look that up.
0: Yeah. Because I, I remember, remember a couple of years back, I wanted to play Farmville on my phone. And there is a new, like, I the, the Farmville that I play is um, something else. I can't even remember the name of the app because <laughs> I actually have stopped playing that game but mm-hmm. much to my mom's chagrin because she brought of me course. into it so, she's know.
1: so sad alicia she's why very, did you do this to me <laughs> she's
0: very sad that i don't play um anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course though because it was her life and why why did you leave me
0: It's kind of still her life, but she still, she plays another game now. I think it's Dragon Merge or something. I liked Ever Merge better. I'm done talking about games. Let's talk about (laughs) infertility. Um
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm hurting from laughing. Oh my goodness. My rib just went (sighs) and I was like, oh, no more laughing for this
0: lady. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. I'll stop (laughs) being funny. Um It's funny.
1: No, I like it. Keep making me laugh. Laughter is important. I like laughing. It's my favorite thing to do in, in, in life other than eating but that's just me. Those are my two favorite things. That's a great thing. I love it. I love the food.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the emotions that we don't allow us to allow ourselves to feel because it, we, I, I'm a pro at this. I, I, went into when I was becoming a coach. I didn't know I was becoming a coach. I didn't know that, that was what I was doing. I'm not joking. Us. That was literally <laughs> that is literally my story. I was signed up for this course because I wanted to be better in my direct sales business. And mm-hmm. oh the can of worms that I opened. Oh, good okay. can of worms.
1: Love you there. Being
0: a coach. Yeah. But that was not why I signed up. I, I, dropped, I went I got into this room and within I want to say five minutes of being in this room Uh, this woman started crying and the the leader of the of the program brought her up to the front of the room to cry her ancestral tears mm. and I was like I don't know what the f that is but I know that I don't want to do that and the way that she did that was by opening her mouth. So I'm not going to open my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so in during this week where I wasn't opening my mouth, I was listening to all of these people tell their stories and the traumas that they'd been through. And I was like, I don't belong in this room. I'm mm. not worthy of the, being in this room because I haven't had these traumas that everybody is talking about. And like, I have, and not in a beat myself up kind of way, but in a Mm -hmm. really gratitude kind of way, like, thank God that the traumas that I've experienced have been Mm. (laughs) self-inflicted. I did it to myself. right? (laughs) And, you know, because of the drama that I created in my head, And the things that I made, like that, I believed that really weren't true, and but it was like I have, I haven't, I used it for a while as I haven't suffered enough to help other people, Mm. and that
1: goes,
0: yeah, like so, and there's still a, obviously, I'm like, well, I only tried for a year and a half, that still exists a little.
1: Exist. It's still part of your journey, yeah, exactly. man. there's so much that you just said that I can relate to. I want to just sort of, like, say a couple of things real quick. You were talking about having, you know, that 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 they brought this person up to the front of the room to cry about this, you know, ancestral trauma. And I just have a really quick story that is so. It's just so bizarre that you said that. So very long involved story short. My grandmother, uh, who died a couple of years ago, was hmm. a Holocaust survivor. And when I was in college, I was taking uh, uh, what was it, comparative religions, I think was the class I was taking, something you know, philosophical and you know, like that. And one of during one of our classes, she had us sit down and watch this documentary. Um, And it was horrible. It was about the Holocaust. It was very, very vivid and real. And it was too hard for me. I had to leave the room. I was crying. I was like, I can't. I was always very close to my grandmother. And my grandmother was still alive at the time. And I was overwhelmed with my emotions. Like, I felt sick. I felt panicked. I couldn't breathe. And I later... I think I expressed to the teacher, you know, I can't watch the rest of this documentary. Here's why. And she proceeded to have me stand up in front of the class and share why it was so hard for me. I was young at the time. I must've been in like my, I guess I wasn't that young. I was in my twenties, maybe late twenties or something. And I was like, I'm sorry, you want me to what? You want me to, you, what? Are you kidding? And I mean, I even, I complained to the, what was it? The department head. Cause I felt like it was so inappropriate. I still do. I feel very strongly that emotions yeah. are very personal and whatever the situation is, nobody should be put in a situation where they need to share what they're feeling unless they want to,
0: mm-hmm. but I felt
1: forced. And I just, again, I know this isn't really all that related, but the fact that you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I know what that's like. Yeah. and. When I had my meeting with the department head and I'm telling them, this is my story. This is why this was so hard for me. The response I got back and keep in mind, I'm not young, young, I'm not like 18. I was taking college classes into my twenties. I must've been about 28, 29 even at the time. And they sit me down and they say, well, you know, college is a time where you're put in some uncomfortable situations and you have to learn. And I was like, okay. I am not a violent person, I'm not an (laughs) angry person, but my heart is racing right now, I'm going to have to end this meeting before things get very ugly. And I just, I'm still baffled by this, because I, and, and that is part of what drives me as a coach, is knowing emotions are complicated. For some people, they have to talk about their emotions in order to manage them. And other people, it's the polar opposite. In order to manage them, they need to slowly open up, talk with whom they feel comfortable. And I just, it's just funny because you said, you know, I am not going to be in that situation. And that's how I felt. I'm never doing that to someone because I know what that did to me. And like, how many years later, 15 years later or something? And I'm still angry about it. Anyway, that was just one thing I had to say because it was such a bizarre I know that experience yeah, because I just do. But the other funny thing is, you know, I, I, I I find, I think in my experience, coaching is such an interesting, um, I don't want to say industry Mm -hmm. area because there's so many different types of coaching and not only different like niches, areas, blah, blah, blah but there are different types of coaches within each. And we're all so different. We all bring so many different experiences, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on being a coach either (laughs) at all. My Mm -hmm. previous career, which isn't really previous because I still do it one day a week. I'm a massage therapist. I'm an esthetician and I'm a continuing education provider. I teach massage therapists, continuing education, mostly prenatal and postpartum massage, but that's another story. I never thought I was ever going to do anything else because I loved what I did. But life changed things for me. I went through these traumas. I went through these experiences. I struggled to find support. I struggled to find the right support. And then the pandemic started and I couldn't do my job anyway, because I couldn't touch people. And it was kind of like, at least for me, I actually started my podcast before I became a coach. I started my podcast just basically as like therapy for myself to share my story more and more. To help people feel less alone and then it evolved and then I was like do I want to be a coach what what even is a coach is a coach a real thing is that a reputable thing what am I thinking here and like it's just it's just so interesting to hear because I find that with so many coaches it wasn't a a life path you initially thought you'd follow it just kind of happened and it felt right yes It's what it's been and, like for me.
0: <laughs> and the the funny thing about what <clears> your your story <clears throat> is that 10 years ago you didn't want to express those feelings in front of like regarding the video and mm-hmm. now you're doing a podcast because you wanted to express your feelings. Right. Is that crazy? It, yeah it like it's crazy it's, how we evolve. Yeah. And I uh, I um was uh, licensed as a massage therapist when I turned 20.
1: Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, it's so funny because I finished school a few months before I turned 22.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I mean, Pennsylvania, so I live in Pennsylvania and we didn't get a licensing as a credential until 2011, but I had my certification for many, many years before that happened. But mm-hmm. that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. thats I always like meeting other massage therapists too.
0: <laughs> I didn't. Continue, uh, because I was really bad at building a business. And, um, and not for, an easy business. Yeah, like I'm 20 years later, I'm still learning how to build a business. and
1: Aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> it's not an yeah. easy thing to do. <laughs>
0: and that. so I think that we're going to have to have a part two of this podcast episode um, so that we can talk more about the infertility stuff that, that, that people are probably wanting to hear from you and yeah. i know that you have to pick up your daughter shortly so i yeah, my, want- my
1: my my uh, my son and my daughter
0: my little my little cutie is who the little ones okay so <laughs> you have ones. one of each
1: yes i do <laughs> i'm one of those lucky or cursed people i'm not really sure I haven't figured that and, part out yet.
0: <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't even ask you if it, if I don't think you said your daughter. So I was just like your daughter.
1: <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I could have said she at one point. I'm
0: not really sure. I might have, You know, I don't know. But um, so is there a piece of advice for now? Part one <laughs> that you want to share um, oh. with our listeners?
1: Uh, my, I, I kind of would say I have two pieces of advice. And one is for people who are going through, or who have previously gone through infertility, and the other piece is for people who haven't. Okay. Uh, for people going through infertility or who have previously, because the trauma from infertility doesn't, doesn't end once you get pregnant. It doesn't end once you give birth. It, it's very difficult to manage. My advice is to embrace the fact that it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to feel anything, whether that's anger, sadness, disappointment, grief, rage is even okay all of it it's all acceptable you don't have to pretend that you didn't go through this journey or that you're not feeling these things they're all valid they're all real and it's more than okay to feel them it's even better to express them in a healthy way I feel like I have to emphasize that because as humans sometimes we express our emotions in unhealthy ways Mm -hmm. sometimes more than sometimes but um that's really my 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 biggest piece of advice is embrace those things just know that that it's okay they're valid. you don't have to pretend you're not feeling these things or that you didn't or whatever. But I, I, my advice for anyone who hasn't gone through infertility is to remember you had a struggle at some point in your life with something as well and even though infertility is complicated, it is taboo and it can be very difficult to talk about or to know, what to say to someone going through infertility. My biggest, biggest, I mean, there's so much, but the biggest thing I would say is it's very, very helpful if someone is telling you that they have struggled or are struggling with infertility to refrain from saying things like, wow, I got pregnant really easily. Or, (laughs) oh, well, I was pregnant on the first try. Or have you tried thus and such? I say that not because anyone's trying to be insensitive or hurtful or or that I'm saying you're a jerk for saying these things. I am saying because I had this experience and that's a whole story for another day. It adds to the trauma and it's never intentional. It's because it's an awkward conversation. It is. I know that. Sometimes people with infertility don't realize that it's awkward because they're in the thick of it. But it is and it's okay that it's uncomfortable and awkward and that you don't know what to say. So my advice is say i'm so sorry i don't know what to say but i'm here for you hmm. It's because i know it's hard to know the right thing
0: <clears throat> yeah because we're nice. I, everybody that's giving advice is giving it i believe from a place of wanting to help exactly. and wanting it, it's coming from a place of love it's never coming I don't think it's coming from a place of shaming or you're stupid or anything like that like my first idea for a a parenting book was um becoming a parent the right way Mm it right being in air quotes because Mm -hmm. one of my surrogacy journeys I had a thought because she was a single mom um it wasn't her egg and it wasn't obviously it wasn't her sperm she was single, so it wasn't it was a donor egg, donor, sperm. And I thought, well, why don't you just adopt? I didn't didn't say it, but that was the thought. And I and the word just
1: mm-hmm. in that
0: sentence was very judgmental. And it's my brother's least favorite word because people would always say things like, Why don't you just do this? And it would drive mm-hmm. it insane. Um, and so it but my th- lost my train of thought again of where I was going with the book but like it's coming from a place of love of love it's it genuinely is
1: exactly and that's that's kind of the other thing is to not beat yourself up if you do say the wrong thing or you do say the thing and and I know because I've we've all, all of us, every single one of us have said the wrong thing to someone at some point in our lives, because we're human. We yeah. don't always have the right words or know the right words. And so honestly, I would add to that and say, you can't beat yourself up. And I know it's so easy to say that because I beat myself up all the time about things I said, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, because I'm a human being.
0: Mm-hmm. But the,
1: the fact of the matter is, you're a human. And yeah, it. it's sometimes we say the wrong things and it sucks, yeah. but you have to say to yourself, I said the wrong thing and that sucks. Okay. I can't go back and change it. I wish I could, but I can't. And that's okay. It's always okay until mm-hmm. you physically hurt someone or really emotionally damage someone because you're being a jerk. <laughs> which is, you know, very mild word, but you know, we're all human beings. We all say things. We all do things that we don't mean or don't realize might hurt someone else. So it's, yeah. it's important to keep that aspect with all of it as well. Everyone's valid to their emotions. And that's not a sentence. Mm. Everyone's emotions are valid. Thank you. So there trying you go. To say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> making sense here. Hello, sleep. This lady Hello. needs sleep, but that that's, yeah. I mean, I get it. Cause we've all done that why don't you just, or if you just, and we don't realize what we're saying, but we also can't beat ourselves up because we cannot move forward. If we stay stuck on the. this is what I said. I shouldn't have said it. I can't believe I said it.
0: So good. So true.
1: Move forward.
0: Yeah. Is there a book that you, that's been instrumental in your personal development journey?
1: There is, I'm not a huge reader, but there are books throughout my life that have been very meaningful to me and there was a book I read oh gosh I don't remember I was in my 20s I guess uh, I can't remember the author's name It's driving me crazy because I can see the cover of the book and I see his name but I can't remember it and it's driving me nuts right now it's called The Mastery of Love the same author wrote the book The Four Agreements a lot of people know that book better um, but Mastery of Love or The Mastery of Love is a book that changed me after I had an experience of betrayal from a friend, mm. um, we'll call it relationship betrayal. It's a very complicated story. And I was at a point where I was feeling betrayed by a lot of people. And this book helped me kind of accept how I felt and be able, at least for me, I was able to forgive without really forgiving. And what I mean by that is I don't think I believe firmly that it's not always necessary to forgive. You don't always have to forgive. We have to be able to do at a certain point with situations is say, okay, sometimes you can forgive yourself. Sometimes you can forgive enough of the situation to move on with your life, even if that means that situation or that person is not part of it. And sometimes that's a huge component is Mm -hmm. realizing I can forgive enough to move forward. So that it doesn't hold me back. So I don't obsess about this particular thing all the time. And that book helped me heal from a lot of difficult situations, relationships, betrayals, and things that hurt me very, very deeply. This book really, really helped me to dig deep. And almost, I, I if I remember correctly, it had me like write a letter, one of those letters that you're never going to send kind of things. But it was very specific. It was very It's a different kind of book and it was very powerful for me. And it helped me grow. It helped me move forward because I was stuck. I was dwelling is such a, not a deep enough word, (laughs) but I was stuck. I was so stuck on this particular situation and -hmm. it was affecting me so deeply. And this book really helped me to move on from that and other traumas really that were affecting my, my mental health. It was affecting me from moving forward in my life and becoming the person I wanted to be. Hmm. And it helped me take some major huge steps to get to that point where I could move on and be who I wanted to be. So,
0: and I highly it sounds like it. an amazing book and it's yes, written it by, uh, was it? Miguel Ruiz. Miguel Ruiz. I was right. It was
1: in my head and I was like, Tara, yeah. is that it? And of course I'm sitting in my head like, nope, that can't possibly be right. Don't yeah. say it because you'll sound stupid.
0: <laughs> I, I Googled <laughs> it. it. I got you. I gotcha. uh, and then where can our listeners find you?
1: Uh, well, I'm all over the place, although I'm not as active on the social medias these days because I'm working on a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. my website is usually the best place. It's uh, thehormonalmama.com. And that's my social handle on Instagram, on um, Facebook. I'm on it. I'm on LinkedIn too. And that's just Kara B, like boy Dresher. That one's easy. It's just, you know, look me up. <laughs> there I am on LinkedIn. And yeah, that's me. That's how you can find me and my podcast, the Hormonal Mama podcast.
0: But I, I saw me. that. I was like, what's her podcast name?
1: Oh, so cute. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, that's me. I'm the Hormonal Mama.
0: Yeah. 100. Oh, Right. I don't know, I might have to fight you for title. <laughs> I think there's a lot of moms who want to fight for that title, but I think so too. <laughs> we uh so we will have another episode. Uh Kara and I will have another episode for sure. Definitely. But uh, there will be another episode of Imper- Imperfect Mommy coming next week and until then, keep healing. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommy. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalions.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.